0: Um, As the kids head out this morning, I would love it if you could put your hands together and prepare your hearts to hear an amazing preacher this morning, Mr. Neville I. Anson, who I believe has just written a book and had it released. Is this true? Yeah, so if you want a really good book to read, because I've started reading people's um, comments on Facebook, it sounds like it's a good one. And should be bought and read, yes?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right,
0: enjoy the morning. Good,
1: morning. Good morning. Yes, if you want a copy of the book, you can come and see us later. More than happy to, uh, to give you a copy. Right, it's up there. We've been looking at discipleship. Life of a Discipleship series, which um, Adrian started a couple of weeks ago. And um, he was talking about Jesus being our supreme example um, or our um, prototype. He, He mentioned the word prototype, but Jesus as our supreme example. And I think we'd all agree that Jesus is the example, He's the one that we need to. To look to, to follow. And last week Bernie talked about um, how disciples are those who know the word of God and who walk in wisdom, who ask God for wisdom. Something very important that we need in this world today, don't we? Is wisdom. And today I want to look at how God molds, shapes and trains us and because he wants us to be what he wants us to be. He's got great plans and purposes for all of us. And it often happens during times of testing. And so this morning we're looking at the life of a disciple, life under pressure. Life under pressure. What are some of the Storms, we've, we've heard a story, the children's story this morning about storms in life. What are some of the storms and the pressures uh, that we face today? Some of you might have experienced them, but typically what, what, what would you say some of them are? Loss of a job. Loss of a job, yes. Illness. Illnesses. Illnesses. Isolation. Isolation, Yes. Accidents, yes, relationships, yes, so health, health is a, is, a, is a big thing, just some things I've got down here, um, family, children, children can be a lot of stresses and strains bringing up children today, aren't there? Change, yes, change can really bring stress, finance for some, is is also an issue so there's some of the some of the things Um, and facing these issues god has much to teach us about doesn't he and i think that's why he brings things into our life um, for that very that very reason and one important thing in families do your children see you pray when you're under the pump when you've got anxiety, when you've got pressures. It's important, I think, for your children or your grandchildren to see you pray. In fact, I remember, and I'll share a little bit more about some of my, um, some of my journey, but I remember on one occasion, I actually, uh, many, many years ago, I got my children to pray for me because I was going through some storms and strife. And... I thought, you know, God honours childlike faith. And, um, and I thought, right, I'm going to have my children pray for me. Uh, which they did. And like in the story that uh, Dee just shared, um, Jesus said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? How is it that you have no faith? And I think that's what God wants to try and teach us through all of our trials and tribulations, is to have faith and to to trust him. And we know that God allows testing. He prunes us. And um, we know in um, John 15, he cuts off every branch uh, in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. It's not always... um, a great comfort when we go through trials but that's God's purpose. And we know too that God tests those that he loves and those that he wants to uh, bring improvement in our lives and um, Isaiah 48 10 says, see I have refined you, though not as silver I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. And can we remember times when God has refined us, taken us through um, something, a situation? And like many in my life, I've, I've struggled with stress, anxiety, storms of life in, across a whole range of situations. And particularly in times in my working life, in the workplace, Often, sometimes, it's people, people below you, people above you. It can be change, change, some, Wendy mentioned change before. Change can be a terrible uh, struggle for, for a lot of us. Sometimes we think, no, nah, I can handle change, but when it comes in a way you're not expecting, it can be, it can be a big issue and all the uncertainty that comes with it. And and the temptation, of course, is to try and fix things ourselves, try and work it out. I'm one of those people that tries to think, I've got to try and work this out. I've got to, you know, there must be an answer here somewhere. And before you know it, often we are running ahead of God and we're trying to do it ourselves. Um, And it's easy to be overwhelmed with the natural and I think too, it's, it's, a, it's a humbling thing to admit when you're struggling. It is, it's a humbling thing. I've been there, I know what it's like. It's a very hard and humbling thing to admit that, but that's where God wants us. That's really where God wants us. He wants to break down that pride and that um, self, all, all, all the self stuff that, that that's, that's there. And... Um, He really wants us at our weakest point because then God can show and come through. Um, He can show himself strong. I've felt pressure and stress overseas on, on mission work. Sometimes I just wish I was home. Many times I've felt out of my comfort zone. I've had sleepless nights praying, crying out to God. Sometimes it's, it's sickness, most of the time I get sick as been overseas. Um, and when it comes, it's, it's not like being at home, I mean when you're sick at home in your own bed, in your own bedroom, it's, no. whilst it's not pleasant, it's at least you're in familiar surroundings. When you're sick overseas, there's another dimension to it. And uh, yeah, and, and yeah, I cried out to God. Travel plans go AY, we were, I remember we had a flight cancelled once and we had, uh, it was at the end of our trip and we had a bit over 24 hours, we had to be uh, at a capital city to take an international flight to leave. Had 24 hours and we were 600 kilometres away. And I think, Lord, what do we do? What do we do, you know? Anyway, we, um, I'd made pretty good friends with a hotel owner where we were staying and uh, gave him a call and he said, "Oh, come back. And anyway, he arranged a car for us with two drivers uh, to drive through the night to, in order for us to reach our international flight. Because, you know, you miss that, you've got to buy a new ticket uh, and whatever. So, these things like that. There was one time in India a few years ago, there was a currency crisis. The government withdrew some of the big bank notes that that a lot of tourists use. Um, India is pretty much a cash economy. Cash is king. Um, Credit card um, opportunities are are pretty slim. Anyway, those sorts of things come out of left field. I'm sure we've all had things come out of left field at us and we think, how are we going to get through this? You know, we don't know the answer. You know, again, um, God provided someone I knew who was very gracious in changing some money for me, an uh, in Indian guy. You know, it pays to make friends. <laughs> <laughs> because many a time, you'll have to call on those friends. Uh, and, and, and they're often the people that can help you out. And so, uh, and so that, that's an important lesson. Yeah. And I wonder sometimes when I go overseas why I lose weight, but I do. In fact, that's, that, that's probably not a bad thing. <laughs> but, but, you know, there, there are many biblical um, saints who we read in the Bible who have cried out in the night. They've been on their bed and they've cried out in the night to the Lord. And, um, and I think that's where God wants to get us. He wants to, to get us to pray, to cry out to him. You know, regardless of the, of the issue or the situation. Because prayer changes things. Um, refinement comes. And God can do so much when we cast ourselves onto him. And look, we often don't understand why some things happen. I mean, I've had things change in my life many, many years ago. Even in the work situation. And I look back now and I think, Wow, you know, I'm glad God brought that about and changed that because, you know, it enabled me to do to to go on a different course. And I'm sure all of us can look back in life and see where God has changed things, changed our course, and when we look back it's been changed for the better. You know, at the time we think, What is going on? I don't like this. But in hindsight um, God does it. And you know, God has a picture of the finished product of, of, of each one of us. He has that picture of where he wants each one of us to be. And, and the job for us is to not get in God's way, but to as, as these, these issues come, trials and tribulations and pressure come, um, we depend on God and let him do his work. in Ephesians uh, 2.10 it says for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do hallelujah what's this scripture teaching us God himself is working in us now that should be assurance for all of us all of us who say we follow, we're followers of Jesus That should be a great assurance that God is working in us, working on us. We are his workmanship. It's a continual thing, isn't it? Secondly, we are created to do specific works, prepared in advance to do. Wow, God's got work for us, specific works. Do we all know what they are? Do we all know what they are? That's something for us to take away and uh, ask the Lord if we're not quite sure uh, what that is. But he's working in us, he's bringing testing to develop our character. Proverbs 22.1 says, A good name is better than much wealth. And that, that talks of character. A good name is better than much wealth. And sometimes the things that God prepares in advance for us to do can be hindered by a lack of godly character. We've probably heard people say, going through troubles, oh, that's character building. And there's a lot of truth in that. There's a lot of truth in that. It's character building. And uh, God has to work on us before he can work through us. So God's got to do his work. You know Moses thought he was ready here he was coming out charging out killing an Egyptian soldier who was um, beating one of the Israelite slaves thinking oh well they can they can see I'm a leader I'm let's you know I want them to rally behind me and I'll lead them out of Egypt but the timing was wrong The timing was wrong God sent him to the desert to work on his character for 40 years here he is, Moses, a prince in the palace. God sends him to the backside of the desert for 40 years as a shepherd. And a shepherds in those, those days was a, quite a lowly occupation. It's a big come down from a prince to a shepherd. But that's where God sent him. 40 years of listening, of training and obedience before he was ready to be used. This is a bit sensitive. (laughs) Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And that's a a wonderful, reassuring verse to know that everything in our lives does work together for good, um, for God's purposes. And so, whatever you're going through, We need to learn to trust God, submit to his character building in our lives. Let's think of Joseph. God gave Joseph a dream concerning his future. But the problem is Joseph didn't have the character base to fulfil that dream. He didn't have it. His character needed refining in order to stand up to the pressures of where God was going to put him as as number two in Egypt and so for Joseph the way up was the way down the way up was the way down we all want to be on the way up don't we but uh, we often have to go down first and um, don't you think that by the time Joseph was unjustly thrown into jail that he would have wondered well where's god where's god in all this i think if i was in joseph's situation i'd be hammering on the jail door saying i demand justice i want justice i've, I've been unjustly treated now we don't know everything about joseph's life all the little details but um it seemed like he endured endured his time and um and so God was preparing him for the throne of Egypt. What he, was, he was rejected by his brothers, he was thrown into a pit, he was sold as a slave, he was unjustly accused, he was thrown into prison. So he had a lot to complain about. That was a pretty, you know, when, you, when we stand back and look at that, it seems a pretty harsh sort of uh, scenario there. Um, But he came through and God elevated him. His character was shaped and moulded and God elevated him to that very important position uh, which saved many, many lives um, over the years to come. And so perhaps you're wondering about all the trials and tribulations that you're you're going through. Well, it's good to think of some of these Old Testament characters and realise that, well, they've been through it too they're there for our reading, Uh, they're there for our learning and I think I think it provides a degree of comfort to know that others have gone through some pretty hard times. What's your dream? Do you have the character base to pursue that dream and to realise that dream? How fruitful do you want to be? And we need to ask God constantly to make us more into his image. Humble ourselves to submit to his will and see, see what he will make of us. We are his workmanship. Let him mould and shape us. You know, I have a friend in North India who is a missionary. He's planted many churches in unreached areas. They came from, um, from the South south india and coming from the south to the north it's a different culture it's a different language i mean india is a country with hundreds of languages thousands of dialects and culture different culture Um, but he came there as a missionary to the northern to the northern parts and it's been tough going he's been persecuted he's been in jail for his faith he's he lost his teenage daughter in a sudden death incident some years ago Um, yeah he's he's really been through the mill in in many ways and yet he is resilient he's strong he's a leader Uh, many of his leaders others below him have had similar uh, similar experiences and one thing we hear about testimonies when we go over there is um, so many suffer these hardships. I mean, persecution and discrimination is just a given for Christians in, in those places. <clears throat> but some have terrible stories of losing children to sickness, dying. They've grown up Hindus. They spend a large part of their money on um, Hindu priests, giving Hindu priests... Uh, money and gifts to try and seek healing and and so forth. And then they find Jesus and of course the lights come on. But these people are resilient and one of the reasons they're resilient is because they've they've weathered these storms, these pressures. God's taught them um, lessons through it and they're able to go on. Pressure can come on us when God speaks and calls us to step up in the kingdom. God called Jonah to leave the life he loved to go to the people that God loved. Now, do you think Jonah was under a bit of pressure Amen. when God called him? I reckon he was, because you ran the other way. He yeah. didn't want to do it. Are we guilty of that? Running the other way when God says I want you to do something. Do we run when God touches a nerve calls us from the burning bush wants us to leave our comfort zone? I think all of us can be a bit like Jonah at times in that so, and, and have you had times when you know God is calling you to something, somewhere, and it's a struggle? Moses had that encounter at the burning bush when God asked him to step up to a task. Moses was under pressure. He dodged, he weaved, he ducked, he pulled out all the excuses as to why, no, not me God, not me. Could they also be our excuses? For me, becoming involved in overseas missions was a struggle. And at times, I I really resented God in the early days, resented him, sort of putting it on me. Uh, I thought it wasn't fair. And... um, And really, after praying through it for a number of months, and I think that that's the key to a lot of our pressures and troubles, is we take the time to seek God and pray through it. Because at the instant when God speaks, we, we react. We get this backlash, this reaction. But I think the key is we take the time, think, right, I'm going to take some time about this, we pray, we seek God over a period of weeks or months um, and it's amazing what can happen Um, and for me I felt the pressure ease, the fear subside. You know it's okay to be afraid but it's not okay when fear stops us from stepping out in faith. Because the devil traffics in fear he traffics in fear. That's, that's one of his greatest weapons. And that is one of the greatest weapons, or that's one of the greatest hindrances, roadblocks for many in the Christian faith today is fear. Um, why so many people don't step out. And growing in discipleship requires taking on new challenges. That's what discipleship is. It's learning. And part of that learning is taking on new challenges. And we know, we think of the Apostle Peter. You know, of all the disciples, he was the only one who walked on water. He, he actually got out of the boat. He got out of the boat. And you see, each time we get out of the boat, that fear level will drop. Each time we get out and we don't drown, that fear is getting chopped and chopped and chopped and chopped until we get to the stage where, when fear, we can deal with the fear. We, 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 we're not paralysed by the fear anymore. As we get out of the boat each day, um, fear no longer has power over us. And of course, that's, we must exercise faith, because we know that without faith, we can't please God. Faith, faith is the currency that God operates on, and that's what he wants to see in each one of us. If Moses hadn't obeyed God, he would never have seen God part the Red Sea. Think of that. If Moses hadn't got out of the ordinary, he wouldn't have seen the extraordinary. How many of us today complain that we don't see the miraculous, we don't see the extraordinary? Why is that? Is that partly down to us? God will guide our footsteps if we're willing to move our feet. But we've got to move our feet before God can guide our footsteps. Amen? (laughs) And the Great Commission says, go into all the world and make disciples. Is that something that we can say yes and embrace? Be honest, is that something we can say yes and embrace? Or is that something, you know, we're still... uh, not quite sure about. We all have ideas of what our lives are like. We plan our families, our futures, our finances. Something comes along, God breaks into the plan. Are we ready for a disruption? Are we ready to hear something that perhaps we're not ready to hear? Now that can be another pressure. Things we don't really want to hear. Oh, I thought it it was going to go this way. Oh, well, I wasn't expecting to go this way. I don't want to hear that. I think we all know that. We've all been there. Will we be open to whatever it takes? I know there's books written about whatever it takes, but in the natural as well as in the spiritual, are we open to whatever it takes? As reluctant as Moses was, he was used... By God, to change the course of human history. For all his uh, fumbling and excuses, Moses came through, and um, he he was put. He came from the ordinary and went into the extraordinary. And I'm sure all of us would love to live in the extraordinary. Get out of the ordinary into the extraordinary. What are the fruits of trials? I'd say two things at least. I think a greater anointing of the Spirit upon us and the maturing of our character. I think character is one of those things that can't be bought. As we read, you know, um, a good name is better than much wealth. You can't buy a character. We probably all, all know people, even high profile people, who are probably fairly wealthy, but their character leaves something to be desired. So, character is, is one of those things that uh, we need to uh, cultivate and, and it's, it's something that we need to um, uh, pu- uh, push on and, and, and have that good name, that character. And of course, all those trials will, 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 will propel us Out of the ordinary into the extraordinary. So let's want to become more useful to God and let's recognise these trials and tribulations that come, that God is working, He's speaking, He's wanting to get our attention. Okay, I'm there. The last verse May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so there's hope, there's always hope. In God there's always hope. So regardless of what you're going through or you've been through, there's hope. And during times of fear, anxiety and pressure, it'd be good to read this verse, either yourself or with your family. He desires to fill each of each one of us with that joy and that peace but there's one thing he asks of all of us and that came through in the children's story that we trust him i think that's the key we trust god i must admit in in the, in my history of trials i've always had that rock bottom assurance that god is there somewhere I, you might i might not Feel him right next to me at the time, but I know God is there. And I think I think that's the position we all need to come to. Uh, even, even if our feelings haven't caught up with that. Just know that rock solid assurance, God, God is there. He has to be there. He's got to be there. He must be there. Amen. Now we have some um, discussion questions which um, can be handed out. Um, just perhaps take a few minutes to um, discuss these at your table, and um, and then I think we'll be having communion. So, and look, I know for for some um, you will feel, you know, for some it may hit a raw nerve because some of you may have been through some very traumatic um, times in your times of testing and pressure. And if you don't feel to share those, that's fine. But if you need prayer um, in that regard, then by all means, ask people around your table uh, to pray. But, um, you know, I think... I think a lot of the um, tribulations and the pressure that we go through are also done so we can comfort others because we've been through it we've gods God's come through for us and so we can um, we can be of comfort and assurance to others as well so just discuss that amongst yourselves for uh A few minutes, thanks.
0: some good conversation going I'm around and we just pulled the music on and the this song apart from will and i've got a running joke about what's on the music but it's the song that came on, on was the story was i'll was tell and the chorus is and i'll testify of the battles you've won How you were my portion when there wasn't enough. And I'll testify of the seas that we've crossed, the waters you parted, the waves that I've walked. Singing, oh my God did not fail. It's the story I'll tell. Singing, I know it is well. It's the story I'll tell. And I think there's a lot of stories in this room of the goodness and the faithfulness of God of how he has brought us through or is in the process of bringing us through. And I just want to encourage you this morning that he does not fail. He is faithful and you can trust him. And as we just bring this service to a close, I want to take communion together this morning. And on your tables, Bronwyn has passed everything out and, you know, this is the moment where we just remember Jesus because he went through the greatest trial in history, taking the weight of the world on his shoulders for you and for me and for all of mankind. And that talks about in 1 Corinthians 11, Now I can't find it on a runner (laughs) Um, says the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which I am which is for you do this in remembrance of me and in the same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So church, this morning as we take this cup and we take this bread, let's proclaim Jesus. And let's do that and do that and do that. Tell the world your story of what he has done. Tell the world of the goodness of God. But this morning, take it to remember what he has done. So, so important. So, so important because we're quick to forget in the midst of a trial. But do it in remembrance of him this morning. So Jesus, we do that. Jesus, we thank you that you are faithful and you do not fail. And, Lord, we lean into you to trust you this morning. Lord, we lean on you this morning. And, Lord, as we take and eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim you and your death today. And, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for all that you've done, all that you are doing, and all that you will continue to do in our lives, in our families, and in this place. In Jesus' awesome name. Amen. Share together. And whether it be in your heart or out loud, just thank him. Thank him for all that he is, all that he does. Amen. All right. So for those of us who are able, head to Snug this afternoon at 3 p.m. for some fellowship and some fun. It's a beautiful day. And... Um, Yeah, I encourage you to go. It'll be a good time. We won't be there, but I encourage you to go. (laughs) Um, And in the meantime, have an awesome and blessed week. If there's anyone who wants prayer for anything, then there are those of us around that are able to pray with you or gather around your table and pray with people around your table. But otherwise, have a beautiful, blessed week. Did I just mute myself? No. So for those of you who haven't, if you didn't hear Susie just then, Adrian has asked that we fill out um, our details, contact details. There are forms out in the foyer on the table. And if you can get those into myself or Bernie and Susie and or Jono or just slip them under the door up in the reception area there, that would be fantastic. Thank you.